With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, good evening, wrestling fans. Welcome to, I think, I'll, I'll just call this our first Friday night edition of FRL. I'm Christian Piles, joined today by the one and only Sam Herring. Sam, how you doing? It's a little late there, wherever you are. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Baltimore, uh, so it's a little bit ahead of time. But yeah, I'm, I'm doing great, just been watching wrestling all night. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing great, I'm excited to talk some wrestling. Yeah, man, it's been a crazy Friday. Um, as, as we probably expected, some huge duels, three in particular st- stick out. Penn State, Nebraska, uh, Iowa versus Ohio State. And then UNC just destroyed Virginia Tech, which we, we can get to that in a little bit. But let's start with this Penn State-Nebraska duel. Um, pretty impressive performance, I felt, from, from both teams, really. Both had some really nice spots. 125, Thompson wins a pretty boring match against Brandon Meredith. But then at 33, um, curious for your thoughts on this one, Sam. R- RBY gets a late six-pointer to push what looked like a really close decision and then wound up being um, a, a major decision, which was huge in this duel. Um, it ended up being the difference pretty much in the duel. Um, I think that would have turned a lot of it, but uh, I do like that Cradle was really close to being a pin, too. Like when I saw him go for his back, I was like, right, that's over. He's going to finish it, but Love was able to fight off and uh, and not give up the pin. But yeah, it, it was huge that RBY was able to get that. And man, talk about clutch. RBY's got that ice in his veins. Yeah, my overall thought on this duel for Penn State was, you know, the, kind of the talk about their season is they have not really got to face many good teams at this point and, and you know, no scuffle, no really tough tournaments. So they haven't really been battle tested and it felt like they were really, this was a super targeted match for them where they were really peaking well and uh, something I tweeted and it looks a little different now after the, the duel completes, but, you know, going into this one, 33 uh, 41, 65, 74 were like some of the most marquee matches. And I felt like Penn State right. really made statements in both of those. I mean, love it. You know, maybe if you're on Nebraska side, you're definitely thinking decision here, maybe upset. 
Chad Red's beaten Nick Lee before in his wrestling career. They had a close match last year. Nick Lee majors him. He's just all over him. Chad Re- Chad could not get out on bottom. I, I think that's one of the big differences is these guys, you see it with Iowa, you see it with Penn State. They can, in, in these big matches, they can just flatten guys and ride. And, and they're not, they don't always have to be turning. I don't think Nick Lee had a turn. It was all takedowns and riding time. But man, he looked right. he looked just utterly dominant. If you're if you're Chad Red, he's been he's been majored by number one, number two, Nick Lee and and Luke Pletcher. So there's definitely some separation starting to form at, at 41, as far as I can tell. For sure, I to- I totally agree. I think that um, Nick Lee and Luke Pletcher are pretty much separating themselves from the rest of the field. Um, I think that's basically just how it's going to go for the rest of the season. It's going to be NCAA finals, Nick Lee. Pletcher, but we're going to get to see that a little early in this year. We're going to get to see it twice before NCAAs. Yeah, so, uh, that's going to be that's going to be really nice for us wrestling fans. Um, but I think Nick Lee being able to ride so much on Chad Red wore him out enough that his takedowns came a lot easier. I think that was one of the biggest turning points in the matches. Uh, in the match was when uh, Chad Red started to fade just from having a guy all over him on top, and then. Being worn out like that, it's really hard to wrestle neutral, especially against a guy like Nick Lee. So that that could uh, be I true. I think that's where the match kind of turned. Yeah, I I I think the the riding time was big, but at the same time, he got that first takedown with with relative ease. Part of me wonders if if Lee could have started pouring it on a, a little earlier. It's kind of a it's an interesting kind of decision that those guys have to make, but obviously it worked out with him getting the late major. And then the, I did not think this was controversial at all, but I see what you put in here. Uh, the greater Pennsylvania area does not think that Colin Purinton pinned Jared Verclaren. I thought he looked completely packed away. Um, but what were your thoughts on the pin call against Jared Verclaren? Yeah, I was a little confused with it, I have to be honest. I feel like the, I, the ref was uh, maybe a little quick to call that one, and I don't necessarily disagree with the, the pin call. But um, I just it, it was definitely questionable. I think it was uh, a quicker pin than normal. I think I I bet it was a very similar situation to RBY and Ridge Lovett because um, I feel like he was kind of stuck too for about the same amount of time. But um, you know I think they ended up being close enough and and it ended up taking that um, Jared Rogerian got pinned and Tom Jarrington took that one and then RBY didn't. But um, yeah I don't know I, I'm not really one sided on that. I, I could see it going both ways. I just think it was a little quicker than most pins are called. Yeah, Chinzo, I mean, P- Rob takes care of business against Pfeiffer. And uh, Chinzo, man, White fires off two just perfect double legs. And Chinzo can just feed him those hips and feed him those hips. And White can't get the finish. And then that was pretty much it. You know, those that was really the only two solid attempts that White had during that match. Uh, I, was, I was really impressed with Chinzo pulling away from Isaiah White. And that really... Ties into like Penn State was super focused on this match, and White has been a thorn in his side. Even though he hasn't beaten Chinzo and since they were in high school, it's always been a one or two point match. So for him to widen the gap kind of speaks to the level that he's at right now. Especially, you know, we're comparing we're comparing Vincenzo Joseph to Alex Marinelli. We're comparing Mark Hall to Michael Kemmer, and I think that them having Nebraska back to back, I think you say, okay, Chinzo's looking a little better here. Uh, right now, at least comparing common opponent. Now that doesn't always mean much, but similarly with with Labriola, Labriola Kemmer was a pretty close match with like one scramble kind of deciding it. 
Mark Hall was pushing for the major, and he kind of uh, a, a little bit of a trick there on the release. He gets Labriola to step up on that near side, and he locks up the cradle, rolls through for the, for the fall, which actually ultimately won Penn State the duel. Right, and and I think that um, that's a trap that a lot of the Penn State guys play on people. I think Nolf is probably Nolf and Nichols yes. were the two guys with that. And uh, and I, I wrote in the doc, I think Labriola fell into that Penn State trap of thinking you're just getting cut, and so you're trying to take your time getting up so that you don't spend too much time hand fighting with uh, Mark Hall, and maybe you give up or you get into a leg or something on your way up. But I think he got pulled into that trap, and then um, Mark Hall was able to capitalize on that and stick in that cradle. And when, when Mark Hall gets you in a cradle on, on your back, uh, he's pretty much got it finished up, so... Yeah. Um, impressive performance from Mark Hall for sure. But, um, I mean, he flipped the result completely from last year. I mean, he, he had such a tight match with Labriola last time, giving up an, an ankle pick at the beginning of the match. And, um, it, you know, I just think Mark Hall's looking so good. But at the same time, I don't even know if I'm picking him to win NCAAs right now. Really? Who are you, who do you like? Really? Do you like Kimmer? I like Kimmer right now. Um, oh, man. I think he's got a lot of room for improvement right now. Um, but I can't wait for the duel in about a week. Yeah, so baby. I, I, we'll get to see it all go down there. I'm right there with you. Um, so Hall looks great. Chinzo looks great. And then Aaron Brooks, Taylor Vince. This is one of my favorite matches. This was just like attack after attack. Brooks was in on it, a bunch of shots. Vince was in on a, on a series of attacks. I thought, I thought Brooks passed some tests. Like I thought he did a good job getting away for the most part. Ultimately, he it, he did get ridden kind of a lot, but I thought there was a couple times that he, he wound up able to escape Taylor Vins. But, but man, for me, the most like impressive <laughs> Vins's first takedown that pancake was just like so powerful. It was like a very experienced was, wrestler yeah, versus true freshman kind of moment. For sure, and you know that was a uh, that was the turning point of the match, in my opinion. I feel like. Um, Aaron Brooks was out clicking, out clicking, and everything was going his way until that challenge came up. And I think Ben's got it together um, in that match. Was like in that in that break period, mm-hmm. he got it together and was able to come back and and get on what he needed to get on. And uh, yeah, he look, he looks really good uh, coming back from that for sure. Brooks to me looks a little undersized. I think he's really good at getting the legs. I think his baseline D hurt him a little bit here. Vince was able to get in with a little bit too much regularity, I think. And I think that ultimately cost him. I mean, both of those guys had to get really tough on some finishes, but uh, a good performance from Vince. I thought he would uh, respond after his loss to Assad, who who won again. But really for me, if you know, I'm looking at everything through this team race because I'm uh, you know, trying to think how this thing could tighten up. I've kind of predicted it would tighten up for a while now and 197 is a reason I think it's going to tighten up. And now, you know, I watched Shakur against Schultz and he couldn't ride him. And Shakur, more, uh, that can be okay because Shakur can get it going on his feet. But to see him struggle, even firing off leg attacks, much less, um, you know, getting the legs. He he wasn't even shooting. Yeah. Yeah, that was was interesting to me. I feel like, his confidence level is not high at all right now. I don't know why that is. 
I don't know what's going on with, with him and not being able to um, to just attack the way he used to, but he's never really looked 100% in his career. It's been a long time since I've been like, Shakur Rashid's a killer. But, like, it was probably the scuffle when he was beating uh, Pissar for the lineup mm-hmm. uh, was when I last felt like he was on go and 100%, and I felt like he was really in consideration for... Um, whatever conversation there is at the top of that weight class. Yeah. Since then, it's just been downhill since his injuries and um, and everything else that's, that's been happening to him with other issues that he's had with the, with the making the lineup and moving up a weight class and moving down a weight class. Um, yeah, he just hasn't looked the same. Yeah, he, he hasn't. And you know what? We've, we've seen guys look rough at different parts of the season. They, they turn it on. But, hey, man, it's... It's late January now. We're we're two months away from the NCAA tournament, so if it's going to happen, it's going to probably have to happen sooner rather than later with Shakur. And you know, you look at this weight, and it's crazy, right? Like Colin Moore's the number one, but by a long shot. But there's room for Shakur to climb. But man, but maybe you know, maybe we're talking about the wrong thing. Eric Schultz goes back to back weeks, beats. Jacob Warner and Shakur Rashid, and maybe that's where the conversation needs to go because that guy's big, he's strong, he's very aggressive, he can wrestle for a while, and he's good in in, in every position. And uh, I think maybe that's the the thing is we could see Schultz start to climb the ranks a little bit here as he's had a, a great week here now. That's a great point, uh, and I you know I haven't really thought about that, but. Um, really, my my point of view has been looking at why other guys haven't been looking very good. Uh, but maybe it is just that Schultz is, is that good right now and he's ready to be on this level. Um, definitely a consideration for me. Yeah. So then heavyweight, man, I really thought, you know, I kind of poo-pooed Christian Lansing and Seth Nevels on FRL with, with Ben and everything. Mm-hmm. And, dude, I, I really thought he was going to finish that shot in the third. He was in so deep. You know, the first period, nothing so happens. Um, second period, that's when Neville's got the ride out, and he looked he looked good on top, very. And I, I anticipated that. I thought he would give him some problems from the top position, but I really thought Neville's would be able to get a takedown. I guess ultimately he did, but, man. Yeah, Lin- but it was a little bit of the last second, giving up kind of Yeah, but, man. He had the leg. I thought he did everything but finish it. I thought he was going to get the takedown. So, I think I think Neville's is, is solid, but Lance's that's not going to be an easy out. Net whenever they wrestle again, and that's what the duel came down to. If you can believe it, it was Neville's versus Christian Lance. Yeah, that's that's kind of your argument for why dual tournament shouldn't <laughs> decide the uh, the NCAA tournament. Like, and I, I or what whoever the, the best team is, but and I kind of agree to some level about that. Um, but that is a good that is a good piece of evidence for that. But Meredith and Thompson and Neville's and uh, Lance are the ones that decide the national tournament. Yeah, that doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah. So that was that was Penn State. There I think both Iowa and Penn State are off until their duel next Friday, a week from today. So they're gonna have a lot of time to or a little bit of time to rest and recover. They don't have to do the Friday, Sunday Big Ten rigor and then uh, wrestle each other. So that's good. And then, you know, I, I tried to watch this duel. I wasn't able to get it going on my computer, the UNC-Virginia Tech match. But 
North, North Carolina destroyed VT. And I this was at Blacksburg. Tony Roby always has those guys ready to go. And UNC came in there and just destroyed them. I just did not see that coming. And the most mind-blowing result of them all, Kennedy Monday doesn't win. He technical falls David McFadden. Like, what? Uh, what what happened? Yeah. That makes zero sense to me at all. Like, I, I w- really wish I got to see the match, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to find any archives anywhere, but I, I got to get my hands on that video. I got to um, find it. But, I mean, when I saw that result, I was like, dang, McFadden text Monday. Oh, wait, no. Monday text McFadden. And uh, it was just so confusing. That, but I know... I know Monday's had that potential in him. Sure. But to bring it out so soon uh, was, a, was a surprise to me, like a big surprise. And I was reading some comments to see if I could figure out anything on what went down in the match. And one guy said that um, early on there was like a scramble where Monday ended up getting McFadden to his back and he took a big lead. Um, and then McFadden was just trying to go for a big move the, the rest of the match and gave up too many points. Yeah, I dare say I wouldn't expect this to happen again, but at the same time, you know, you look at you look at the big matches here. So Melendez back down at twenty five and he takes out Prada eight seven. So that's a big match. Girardi beats Hernandez for Virginia Tech. Yeah, but Sh- Sherman over Moore, which is a, a a match I think Virginia Tech probably thought they could win, even though Sherman's uh ranked a little higher. Andonian holds the decision, which is basically what you would expect against someone as good as O'Connor. But losing, mm-hmm. but BC losing to AC, and then the Tech for uh, Monday, and that was pretty much it. Um, crazy, crazy, crazy result there for Coach Scott, and they got to be feeling pretty good to go into Virginia Tech and win like that. And I think this is where you see Cal Bracky retire from the dual rankings. Uh, <laughs> You know, just what he has to do from here. So UNC is ranked what? Uh, where look, they're not high. No. They're ranked twelve. They're eight and one. They lost to Stanford, who's seven and one. And their one loss comes to Ohio State, who lost to Virginia Tech, who lost to uh, UNC, and it just goes full circle a million times. And so I don't know what you do here. You put Penn State back at two. You put Ohio State up there, but they just got annihilated by Iowa, mm-hmm. and they lost to Virginia Tech. So, yeah, I think this is where you see Cal Brack to retire. He should just, like, two weeks and just, like, say, you know what, I had my moment, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. Just, just move on to more specific Cal Brack stuff, Alien Hour, spend more time on that. Yeah, yeah, it'll give him more Maybe time for parenting and Alien Hour. All right, that's a good call. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So then, Iowa, Ohio State, this is interesting. It. Started at 165, Iowa is team 125 all the way. They love starting at 25. It's like their thing. Even when McDonough was cutting crazy weight, they just started at 25. That's what they like to do. So my, my tea leaves are that Ohio State won the toss and said, we want to start at 65, which I don't exactly understand why. That if they, didn't make sense to me at all. I, I, that wouldn't have been the one, to, but, I mean, who knows? I mean... I don't want to start with Alex Marinelli. Maybe they thought Marinelli's pulling, but, geez, Ethan Smith was a 74-pounder. I can't imagine the cut's that easy for him. Yeah. I don't know. But that was kind of a crazy match. I mean, 
it, you never felt like Marinelli was going to lose, but it ended up being like 14 to 10. He gave up a couple of takedowns. I don't know if it was uh, a little more just he's just kind of careless and being overly aggressive, but. Um, That's what I saw. It, it normally happened when he was cutting him and he got out of pat he got into that position and uh, and gave up gave up like easy points to Smith and like an easy low double is kind of what I saw. It was just as he was coming up, he just tagged both legs. Um, he also got a beautiful high C. He, so that was know, nice. He just, he just gave up his legs a little bit um, he, too much. So uh, uh, yeah, I think I think that's not a big deal. If you're an Iowa fan. I don't think you worry about that match a lot, but. No, um, not at all. I, I didn't get to see the beginning. I don't. I guess he jumped out to an early lead. The the duel from Nebraska didn't switch over very quickly. No, you can imagine probably what that looked like. Leg attacks, probably a pop double or something like that. But yeah, Smith has a nice. Right. I liked. Um, I liked the performance from Smith in that he got to that high crotch in the first period and he finished on his feet. Which, if you've watched a lot of Ethan Smith, he knows he he gets to everyone's legs. But when he tries to finish on the mat, it rarely goes well. So to see him try to finish uh, neutral, double off there on his feet, I think that's probably a smart tactic. But the bull just didn't stop. He kept going. And, you know, I, th- I think uh, Smith got punished for taking uh, some errant shots and got stung with one of uh, Bull's reattacks. So next time he faces Marinelli, he's got to be a little more choosy there. But still, all in all, good performance, both guys. And then... Kimmer shoots in the first three seconds of pretty much every match he wrestles, and he did it again, got a takedown and a long ride, and Romero was not able to get away. And you can you can credit Kimmer's top game, but to me, it's just Romero's got some some work to do underneath. For sure. Uh, that, that, like, like you, you don't really see much of Kimmer dominating on top like that, and I think uh, Romero's just got some work to do. On bottom, like you said, um, the thing about uh, Mikey is he's just so solid in every position. Like, you can get him, uh, he gets in on your legs and he's a sure finish pretty much every time. You get in on his legs and he's going to be stingy with his defense. Uh, top, bottom, he's just good all around and he's just so solid. Again, I said earlier, uh, I think he's my pick right now for NCAAs, but I'm going to hold that to be confirmed mm. until maybe next weekend. Yeah, I think your mind's gonna get changed, Sam. But we will. I will let you learn the hard way. It'll make you. It'll make you stronger. Because um, Mark Hall is a bad dude, and I think he's gonna struggle scoring him. But we can talk about that another time. Um, although I will say, Kimmer had a really sick little dive roll there when Romero get, got in on that single. It was really, really yeah, nice. Yeah. So Assad passes another test. Rocky Jordan continues to look good at eighty four. Uh, he's been, he's he was in that match. He never really had many chances to score. He wasn't in much. Assad was the aggressor for the most part. And I thought, man, both these freshmen are pretty poised and savvy. I thought when Assad really picked his spot, waited for Rocky to release so he could fire off the reattack, and when he got in, he really took his time on the finish. Yeah, that was that was. Uh, interesting. I think, I mean, again, just like Cameron, I think Assad is just so out, uh, solid in all his positions. Um, I mean, he just stayed tough the whole match. Uh, didn't really give up much, many points. And, uh, I mean, Rocky Jordan looks great. I, I really think he's got a, 
a good future ahead of him. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes down moving forward this season. But I think both of them continue to get better. And maybe the, the gap between them stays the same, but I think they're going to pass up a lot of other guys. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I love it. 84 is just that much tougher with those two in the mix. 97, no Jacob Warner. Oh, my gosh. It's Cash Wilkie. So not much to talk about there. It's pretty um, ho-hum win for Colin Moore. He looked fine. Wilkie did fine. Everyone kind of did their job there. Uh, then you get to Gas Tank Gary versus Big Daddy Cass. And um, mm-hmm. quick, high single. I love I love uh, how effective Cassiope is at getting the legs without hitting a knee. He had a, like a, just a classic football tackle double, didn't hit a knee, high single. He picked Gary all the way up in the air off a single leg. It was insane. That dude's got to be so strong. They said he's freaky believe. strong. Even for a heavyweight, they're just like, no, he's just got like that next level freak strength. But hey, I'm going to give my man, Gas Tank Gary, some credit. He went double overs. He went for it. He was he was not going to go down. He was not trying to preserve some decision. He was trying to win the match. He's not as good as Cassiope, but dang, I'm, I'm never going to fault a guy trying to win. Uh, so credit him, but... Cassiope shows why he's a top three guy as a freshman. And then you've got Spencer Lee, poor Hunter Lucas, gets uh, sent out on a suicide mission. And uh, that's just how it goes. You just get taken down, you get turned uh, four times, and then you hit the showers. I love this. All you wrote in the doc for 125 is just Spencer. That's it. That's what it describes it perfectly. Like it was a classic Spencer first period text. Some tilts and uh, bar half stuff, and he finished it off. Like, that's just class expensively. Yeah. Nothing different. There, I, I have no interest in really wrestling anyone that's good. But do you ever, like, have this? Uh, I'm sure you have it more because you're actually good, Sam, but. Do you ever have this, like, man, I, I just want to know what that feels like. What does it feel like when Spencer Lee's on top and he just, like, brings your arm in, like, so easily? Like, I, you could watch a hundred really good Division One wrestlers. They can't bring in the arm like that and just bar it up so simply and and get a tilt. And yet he just methodically like deep ways head um, head lever and then that's it. It's crazy. I really don't get it. Like he he does a lot of things slightly differently too. That like the way he does his chop, um, he puts his head underneath, and I don't know what that adds. Like it's not like he's putting pressure on it, but. Somehow it just helps. Every time he goes deep waist chop, his head touches his far arm every time, and I don't know why. Um, but maybe maybe that's his uh, his technique there, and I don't know. It's working for him there. I, I, I really don't know how he just pulls everybody's arm in like that. And yes, I do wonder what it's like to wrestle underneath him. Yeah. Uh, probably no fun, but uh, I mean, ha- like you got to feel like, what the heck? Everyone else I wrestle, I can defend this on. Just randomly, this dude walks up and grabs my arm with no difficulty, and I can't stop it. That's got to be so frustrating. Speaking of no fun, I do not want to wrestle Austin DeSanto under any scenario. I can imagine enough what it feels like, and I don't want anything to do with it. So leave me alone. I don't want to wrestle that guy. He uh, Predictably, Decatur gets the first takedown, and perhaps even more predictably... DeSanto didn't really care and just proceeded to destroy takedown. He he got a um a takedown without near or a tech fall without 
any near fall points, which I, I effectively or um, affectionately refer to as the Devin Carter, because he had like so many four point techs. And then basically a year or two after Devin Carter graduated, they changed it. They're like, wait, this is stupid. Why do we have four point techs? And now they're all five points, which is really great. But yeah, D- vintage DeSanto. That was such a terrible matchup for Decatur, too. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that we've seen struggle so much with his gas tank. Like, he was wrestling in high school against the local Ohio rival, and he gassed him. I, I know he's got to be in the college room improving his conditioning, but at the same time, I don't think he's improved it to the level of DeSanto. And it showed tonight. I was watching it with my friends, and um, and I was telling him this is going to be uh, not a very good scene, I think. Uh, basically, Decatur's gonna die. And as soon as Decatur got the first takedown, they're like, "Ah, Sam, I guess you're wrong." And I said, "Nope, it that just solidified further why I think he's gonna die." Yeah, he had <laughs> a nice mat return too. He got the takedown. Nice mat return. That was a lot of energy he had to exert there. Like he went full on uh, balls to walls. He went crazy. He went high crotch lifted him up in the air, dropped him down, Matt returned him. And I think after that, you got to be tired, and then you have to hand fight with Austin DeSanto. Oh. Yeah, I think he's just like, yeah, I had 15 seconds. I'm, I'm out of here now. DeSanto's got the craziest pace in the game, any weight class as far as he I'm does. concerned. In Madman. And then Luke Pletcher, in another no, no show from the Iowa starter against the number one Buckeye, uh, Pletcher takes on Carter Happel, who's solid. Um, but, yeah, not much to talk about there. Methodical major from Luke Pletcher, who continues to look really outstanding. And, yeah, as you mentioned, cannot wait for the Pletcher-Lee matches. Anticipated matches I think we've gotten. I, I don't, you know, sometimes these matches get hyped up, and then for whatever reason, the, the offense is pretty low. I just don't see it happening in this one because I don't think Nick Lee or Luke Pletcher at this point know how to wrestle a super controlled match. They're just going to attack. So I can't wait for that. For sure. Yeah, that one's going to be crazy. And if you told me that last year uh, that Pletcher's going to bump up and, and Nick Lee and Pletcher were going to wrestle, I would have been like, oh, okay, whatever. That sounds cool. But this year, I am so hyped for that. Uh, Pletcher is just a different animal this year I and mean, his pace is a lot higher and he, he wrestles just a lot freer and he just looks so much better and uh, so does Nicholas. Nicholas' pace is really high and I think he's starting to evolve into a little bit of what Zane Rutherford was um, in his junior and senior year. Whoa. And, uh, that's yeah, high, that's it, high praise. Cool I'm not that. I'm not going there yet but um, that is... I'm not saying to the... I'm not saying necessarily to the same caliber but the style of wrestling he's putting on um, is very similar. Got it. I get it, man. You I, think you saying, think Nick Lee yeah. would beat Zane? I get it, man. We've got it. <laughs> yep, that's exactly it. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's definitely jumped levels. And forty nine, this was a crazy match because, well, on the one hand, if if you're Lugo, if I'm Pat Lugo, I'm like whatever. A- after that loss, you know, Sasso takes out Lugo. But, man, he was in so many times. Sasso was never even close to scoring an offensive point as far as I could tell. I mean, it was he couldn't get to Lugo's legs. Lugo was on his legs quite a few times. There were a few times where he was just, I, I don't think 
Lugo did get a takedown. I, I really think they were all good calls. But he was just literally like one little thing away from getting three or four different finishes, and this duel is completely different. Now, if you're a Sammy Sasso fan, you're saying, well, that's just how, I mean, that's Sasso. You can get him that close, and he's right. just, he's so good with the wizard, and he's got such good flexibility. You're so tough to score on. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, I'm like, man, I think Lugo can get that. But, dude, Sasso just did that at Carver Hawkeye. So I'm just, like, going back and forth on this one. It's crazy. Sasso is, uh, he's got ice in his veins. I mean, I was talking about RBY. He just took it to a whole nother level. Um, I mean, competing like that in Carver Hawkeye. And then he, after he won, he got up and threw both arms up and looked to the crowd. He's like, that takes some guts right there. <laughs> um and all I have to say is, first of all, I'd hate to be a ref reffing in Carver Hawkeye oh and calling those, and having to make those calls. And second of all, if I'm Lugo, tomorrow at practice, I'm grabbing Spencer Lee, I'm grabbing Jaden Ironman, and I'm going three-man group, let's work on my finishes. I love it. I love it. That's a great idea. That's why you're That's why you're on the podcast, Sam. I would never have thought <laughs> of that. That is what he should do. And then, okay, so... They review a couple things. They review, um, but man, the first, the, I forget which was first, the nearside cradle that Lugo had or like the um, kind of gator bacon on the edge that Sasso hit yeah. to kind of bail out of the takedown. But man, they and were close. Locking hands. Oh, yeah, also locking hands, which was really close. But I, That was close for sure. I think they got all the calls right in this one. It's just, and you knew after, after I watched him, Sasso ride in the second. I was like, if this goes to tiebreakers, that's a huge advantage for for Sammy. And it wound up being the difference there. And there were a couple times where Lugo was, it looked like he might be in a position for a reversal. And Sasso was able to anchor onto that far ankle and and kind of cement his boot in and wasn't able to get away. So that was that was an amazing amazing match. And even if it's ugly, if you win ugly and Carver Hawkeye as a freshman against the number one guy, that's just like not supposed to happen. Yeah, it's, it's really not. And you know, uh, last week on FRO, you guys uh, were talking about the most likelihood to get Carvered, um, and I feel like he reversed Carvered. If that's the thing, yeah, uh, should probably enter to into Merriam-Webster's dictionary. But um, I mean, he just took it to. The underdog winning in Carver, but you're not the Hawkeye. Yeah. Um, just just a crazy situation. Again, this dude is ice cold. And um, you know what? I, I feel like this weight is so crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Austin O'Connor, uh, who was the coming into the season the one seed, but he's kind of lost that. Um, and then Lugo, who's the veteran. He's got the strength, and he can win any match he's in. And I could totally see him being the national champ. Then you get Sasso, Brayton Lee, two young guys. And obviously, Sasso just knocked off Lugo. And then Brayton Lee, every time he wrestles Sasso, now he beats him ever since uh, last summer. But, uh, yeah, I I think it totally depends on the draws. I think um, a Sasso-Brayton Lee semi put Lee in the finals, and uh, O'Connor Lugo puts Lugo in the finals, and any other thing could go any different way. It's just, um, just a crazy weight, and I don't know. I'm, am I missing anybody in that? No, I think you hit on on all the big hitters. You know, O'Connor's looking good, Lugo, Brayton Lee, Boo. Um, yeah. And Kipulon, for sure, yeah. Yeah, he's looked good. He beat Brayton Lee. So the, the question, so we have our uh, – 
our Flow Wrestling Slack channel where we all are chatting with each other. And Nomad wants uh, Sasso to be ranked number one if he beats Brayton Lee. And I'm trying to put a stop to that, but it may be out of my hands. So we'll see what happens. But he's got losses to Moore and um, Brayton. So even if he avenges both those, I'm still not sure I'm ready to put him past Boo. But we'll see about that. After tonight, he goes to one. O'Connor? Well, yeah, that's the thing. We've got to let the weekend play out because who knows? I mean... Nomad may have it could be Boo Lou Allen because Boo will be the only undefeated guy he'll have a win over Brayton Lee and Andrew Alirez which aren't the best wins but they're pretty good and to be undefeated is probably like all he'll actually need so I'm not sure how how we'll um how we'll do it but he definitely there will be a few guys with with a case and 57 young uh young gets the win over Cleary and that's how they close out the duel and um Dang, with that, I think we did it, Sam. Do you have anything else? No, I don't really have anything else. Um, thanks for having me on. Uh, I had a blast. I know. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious why they start with 65. Like, if you want to start at 57 or something, where you end with death, though. But <laughs> I don't know. Either one of those coaches choosing 65 to start at doesn't make much sense. Yeah, I might I might try to do some dig and see if I can figure anything out because I can't make I can't make sense of it yet either. Sam, I'm really glad you you would come on. Sam's wrestling in McDonough Duels tomorrow. Uh, he already made weight and now he's staying up really late. And so if anything bad happens, your coaches can't be mad at me. I tried to talk you out of doing this, knowing you had to compete tomorrow, but uh, you wouldn't be deterred. So thanks for hopping on and uh, good luck tomorrow. Let's let's stay in touch, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, brother. Thanks.